right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Got an interview coming for you shortly with Angel Yin from the LPGA Tour along with her caddy, Chris Murky. We recorded this uh, in early May. We got a chance to play 18 holes with Angel at Hazeltine National, which is, of course, the site of this week's KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Hopefully, you guys got a chance to catch that video either on our Twitter page or on our YouTube channel. Great time with Angel. She is a lot of fun. I think that comes across pretty well in that video. We recorded this before she finished runner-up at the U.S. Women's Open at Country Club of Charleston just a couple weeks ago. So you won't hear any reference to that uh, event in this conversation. But you will hear us talk about this upcoming event and uh, life on the LPGA Tour and whatnot. Uh, we are out in at Hazeltine this week at the KPMG Women's PGA uh, you guys have asked for more LPGA content, and KPMG has been a tremendous partner to work with uh, covering this event, and they do such a tremendous job with PGA of America putting this event on. Really have done a lot to to resurrect this event. So if you do get a chance, please check it out on Golf Channel this week, uh, as well as we will have plenty of content coming for the next few days, including Big Randy got to play his first Pro-Am just today with uh, Daniel Kang and Maverick McNeely, Daniel's boyfriend, also joined us. So stay tuned for that. Um, I want to announce something here as well. We are giving away a Callaway Epic Flash driver. Hopefully, of course, you guys saw that uh, today on our YouTube channel, Taurus Sauce Season 3, Episode 1 launch. We went and visited George Gankus at Westlake. Uh, it's it's a great series. We're really proud of this upcoming season. We think we've, take, we've taken some big strides in our production quality and whatnot. So Callaway, in support of this, which also they sponsor the series, they want to give away an Epic Flash Driver. All you got to do, you have to subscribe to our YouTube channel, and the best comment, the funniest or whatever it is, the best comment uh, on the episode, the first episode, week one, gets an Epic Flash Driver. Don't ask for the driver in the comment. You got to make it very clear that you watched it, the video. You got to watch, and like the comments got to relate to the video in some way. Make us laugh, entertain us. The best and most gold comment wins an epic flash driver and uh we appreciate everybody's support on that in, uh, endeavor so without any further delay let's get to our interview with angel yin she's a 20 year old lpga tour player finished t4 at last year's kpmg women's pga and like i mentioned runner up at the u.s women's open this past week and her caddy chris murky talking about life and uh whatnot on the lpga tour thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We're here at Hazeltine, the site of the 2019 KPMG Women's PGA. We are joined by LPGA star Angel Yin, as well as her caddy, Chris Murky. We uh, just played golf with Angel today. First of all, what, what did you think of our game? What did you think? Did we, did we hold our own against you today? Uh, I think our game was really good. Um... That's not what people want to hear. They want to hear you make fun of us. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to speak the truth. It was really good. Um, other than the, what was it, a, a nine on a par three? It was, uh, it was a nine. It was a nine, yeah. yeah it was quite entertaining. It was, I felt like I was watching tennis played by one person. Um, <laughs> so it was good. We almost ran out of battery filming that hole. So, uh, well, Chris, why don't you start us off? How long have you and uh, Angel worked together, and how did you guys get, uh, get set up together? Uh, we've been together like about a year. I started at the Meyer in 2018. She just called me up. 
asked me if I would do three weeks and lots of weeks later, here we are. Because a year, correct me if I'm wrong, a year of a caddy player relationship on an LPGA tour is a pretty long time. Is it's like right? 10 years of marriage, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. You guys get along pretty well? Yeah, I think, I think we, well, we get along great. She's been really good at always telling me, hey, I want this, I want that. Like from the first time I started working for her to the progression throughout the time that we worked together, she's always been very fair and talking about like, hey, I want to do this to improve or do that to improve. Or, you know, she's listened to suggestions that I've had. She's always told me, hey, I want to do this differently. And, and we kind of work it in our schedule. And so it works really well. Um, I've had a lot of fun. I worked for a lot of guys before and working for Angel is kind of like working from the men's side just because of her horsepower and her uh, lack of fear for anything. And so lack of um, filter as well. Is that right? Yeah, there's definitely. (laughs) I mean, there's a little bit of lack of filter there, but um, yeah, she like she'll get after it. So it's fun to be that on that side of the bag with her. So yeah, why don't you give us a little bit of background, Angel, first of all, how you kind of got into golf, where you grew up, and then some background on what your game is like. Uh, so I started playing when I was six years old, and uh, it was because my mom's friend wanted her son to play golf. So she was like, why don't you become his partner? So short story is that I went, we did this academy, played for a month, and he quit because he says his son was killing his skin. <laughs> which my mom hoped I was going to say because she wanted me to to go be home, play the piano and do some stuff. And then I was like, no, I want to stay, extend. So she extended it and I was like, I'm going to do this when I grow up. I got my own clubs and I then I got my own private coach and I always requested my mom to like send me there early or leave me there a few hours after, you know, just a six-year-old wandering around. Good thing we're in America because if it was in China, I would have been gone. But other than that, we kept playing, started competing when I was seven, won the Junior World when I was eight. Um, so it just went Wait, on and went get, on and let's, on. Let's do that again. You started playing competitively when you were seven, won the Junior World when you were eight. Yes. That's a pretty quick turnaround. <laughs> so you would call yourself a natural? Oh, yeah. Talented. Right. Just talented. <laughs> well, and then at the age of 12, what happened? Uh... What happened? You won the California State Women's Amateur. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I didn't do anything great. Uh, Yeah, I won. I won the California Women's. I uh, in my final round, I beat Lauren Debashi, who is now the assistant coach of Stanford. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't get into that school. (laughs) Didn't she like me? (laughs) Did you go to college? No, I'm 20 right now. Uh, I turned pro when I was 17. What was that decision process like? Uh, it, well, honestly, it wasn't that hard. I always wanted to go to college because I never got to experience team play. But if I were to go, I would have gone to SC. But the SC was also very supportive. The coach at that time, Andrew Gaston, who is now not their coach anymore, um, was like, you know, I told her I was going to go to Q school. She was like, yeah, that's cool. Go try it out. If you make it, you know, turn pro, just do what your gut tells you. And I got a lot of support. Um, but I always knew I was going to turn professional. I went sometime in my career and it just happened and what is your game like are you uh do you bunt it around or are you a bomber (laughs) i'm a bomber uh i would say that i am long and far (laughs) 
is it what's it like to kind of caddy for for angel somebody that hits it that far do you see like in spots that she has a, an advantage over other players or does the lpga tour in this setup kind of neutralize some of no, that no she has an advantage for sure i mean there's more times well there's quite a few times where we can't hit the driver because we'll hit it into something or we'll hit it through something or but she's really accurate with it which also kind of makes it more dangerous because when you're hitting it 270 plus in the air and it's going straight you kind of you'll run out of room in places so she's really good with her wedges and she's really good with really short distances with a little 60 degree that she carries around and so that gave me quite a bit of anxiety yeah, yeah. Yeah, seeing her play 60 degrees be. from everywhere i think when i told him it was a four degree bounce he kind of freaked out he, he like actually shuddered yeah. a little bit when he oh. hit a little <laughs> yeah but it's yeah it's it's fun to caddy for somebody like that she's super confident like i said and sometimes it's my job to like kind of pull the brakes a little bit to say hey we don't need to do this well, yeah when he when he says we're laying up i'm about to cry <laughs> and then a like urge that. of wanting to you know so you got to try to you got to try to rein her back every now yeah and there's a couple of times where but but also it's like her short game is so good uh on the 18th hole this year at a and a we had a number where we could kind of go for it, but it's over that water. And if you don't get it quite right, it hits that slope and comes back in. And I said, no, we're going to lay up. And we put, it, we put it to like, I don't know what the yardage was. We had perfect number for our 60 and she hit it to like two feet. And it's, and it's easy to make birdie. But that, feet. you know, when you go for it, it just feels different when that birdie comes in. You don't have to explain that to us. No laying up. <laughs> Guys, kind of get us up to speed on what your LPGA Tour career has been like so far. Has it been what you expected, what you not expected? What uh, what do you what do you think so far of your progress? Uh, it's been great. Yeah, I had a lot of competition rookie my rookie season uh, at Sunham Park, who was formerly the number one golfer uh, for the ladies golfer, and uh, I got second, which I think I did really well. I gave I gave my best. Um, got into Solheim that year too. Well, it was a little disappointing that I didn't get a win last year, but I, I know this year I will be able to close it off. What was it like playing in the Solheim Cup? Uh, it was honestly the very different. It, you, I thought I was going to be maybe a little nervous, but I wasn't nervous at all. It was just adrenaline, pure adrenaline. I uh, was hitting everything ridiculously far. It was just the vibe and everything. It was surprisingly very tiring, too. How far do you hit it? If we're talking about ridiculously far, how far were you bombing it that week? Uh, Chris, you were there. What, what was it again? I was not there. <laughs> <laughs> the number... Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. He wasn't there. He wasn't no, there. The, but uh, Fulsey told me last week that you hit one, like, 380. Yeah, Fulsey And a couple, a couple over, well over 300s. Wow. I've seen her hit it like 330, 340 a couple of times. We hit, I talked to, the funny thing is, is like the caddies all talk to one another after the rounds and I'm talking to my buddies after Phoenix, like whatever, five, six weeks ago. And I said, oh, we had like 40 yards to the front of the screen. And they're like, what did you hit or whatever? And it's A like, sprinkler head. we just, we just hit driver. You know, it's no big deal. Your driver's, like, it's only seven degrees, right? 7.5. 7.5? Yeah. I mean, you probably get one of the highest ball flights I've ever seen, too. Yeah, considerably high. I'm, I've been trying to bring it down a little bit in the past year or so after turning professional, but it's still quite high. It's 
A lot lower than what it used to be. Were you surprised to get a captain's pick to the Solheim Cup being so young? How old were you when you got the got the selected? Uh, I was 18. Were you surprised at all? Or did you have a kind of insight that you were going to maybe get a captain's pick? I didn't have any insight before that. I mean, I just knew I was I was I was in the circle of me. I mean, it's always surprising because I was such so young. I was a rookie. Um, I was definitely close on points too by myself. Um, but captain's pick it doesn't matter. I, I, captain picks whoever is going to fit well with the team, and for her to believe in me like that, it, it means a lot. You had a great week last year at the KPMG Women's PGA. Uh, what was different about that week versus any other? That's your best finish. You finished T4. It's your best major finish to date. What was different about that week? Uh, well, what was a little different was on Friday, I had a chip and eagle from the water, feet in the water. And yeah, I just, I liked the golf course. The layout was great. And they know how to set up a golf course. We talked a little bit about that uh, in today's round, but Chris, you kind of had some good points on on, uh, on how the PGA of America sets up a golf course and, and you, you had some high praise for it. What makes what makes the kind of the way they set up a golf course different than what you guys see week to week? I, to be completely honest with you, I don't know how Kerry does it because he only does it once a year, but he just does a really good job of setting up the golf course. He puts the pins in good spots, like... She was hitting the ball great that week. We actually had switched putters. Yeah. To that, to the putter that we have now, yeah, the bloodline putter, and she was putting unbelievable. And it, I feel like on our week to week tournaments, you see a lot of pins that are like twenty five on, three from the left, fifteen on, three from the right, or twenty seven on, three behind it. So it takes this like go pattern out of the game, and it's just like, oh, let me just hit to the fat spot take my putt and go along. Whereas I felt like at KPMG and I've done the, I did the KPMG two years ago at Olympia fields for another player. And it's felt like it was really good for all players. And it wasn't like all these super tuck pins that you couldn't really get at. So they give you a shot to go for She was hitting it great that week. And so we could get at a lot of flags. And like you guys have said, she hits it really high. She has a lot of ball speed, so it so it's not going to like hit and roll out a bunch. So she could go at a flag that's five or six off the left, or five or six behind it. We can get aggressive, and and she's really good at that. How do you think Hazeltine sets up for you then after seeing it today? Uh, I think it definitely plays to my favor. It's still hard to tell because we're so far away from tournament week, and it will look so different when I come again. The greens will be different. Just the grass will all be different. And it'll be a little warmer. You you did not like 50 degrees today. No. Growing up in L.A., this is not our weather. Yeah, we had to get her a cup of soup downstairs for lunch so she could warm <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, before this, or else I couldn't talk. I think my lips turned blue during the round. Going back, you played Ladies European Tour? Yeah. For a year before LPGA. Was that just because of the age limit on LPGA? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really try out for LPGA, so I didn't really have a chance. And L- LET gave me the chance. And with my amateur ranking, I go straight to the final stage. And I just went straight to Morocco and got my card. How was that? How was that year out, out there? Uh, it was fun. I made a lot of friends um, that we still keep in touch. And, you know, Anne Van Dam was one of them. Um, we're still waiting on one of our friends, Olivia Cowan, who. Uh, Still is uh, in the European tour. She's uh, not stepping out of her comfort zone, but I think this year she's going to come and try out for Q School. And then going back, you played in the you played in the U.S. Women's Open as a 13 year old. Yeah, 13. How was that? Like, t- tell me about that experience. Where was it? It was uh, Blackwell Front, Kohler, Wisconsin. Um, it was definitely. A really cool experience and, you know, being able to, 
I think I got in as an alternate too, so I didn't qualify and I got a call. Mm -hmm. So it was really exciting going to see all these people that we see on TV, but I've always, as a kid growing up, was like, I can't fangirl because if I do, I'm not in the same field as them. And then I, I need, I'm here to compete. Doesn't matter. So you felt like you belonged when you showed up? And I, well, I had to belong yeah. because if not, then I wouldn't be able to compete with them. I'm like, just going back to thinking about myself as a 13 year old. <laughs> like, I'm, it, it blows my mind that you could be competing in the U.S. Women's Open as a 13 year old. It's it's wild. That's like wisdom beyond your years. I think. <laughs> well, I like kind of your perspective on that, Chris. You know, you've caddied on the for the on the men's tour and the women's tour. Why is why are it seems like the women come out so unbelievably well prepared for professional golf at such young ages is there any anything you see there as to why that might be well i think that the ladies tour window is much smaller than the uh men's tour window so you got guys like max who just won last week and j2t who's won a bunch and ricky and all those guys they did their college because at 20 they would not have really been super prepared to play at the highest level. So going to college for them is probably a better step. But I think with the girls, you have a lot of girls that come from Asia that have been playing golf over there for forever. Uh, Angel grew up here and played golf in the States forever. I guess probably a really talented pool in California. So it's kind of like a, it's a timing issue. You got to be at the right time. You don't see a lot of like great female golfers that are probably over 30 whereas like a bunch of dudes are really good over 30 and what's your like preparation process like for a major like this is not normal for you to come with this far in advance and play a practice round is it well i came to see you guys right. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no you bump <laughs> that's right she's looking for the bump <laughs> i uh I, I, I don't treat it any different because if we do then you put too much pressure on yourself you know perform correctly so i don't I just really came out to see you. Did you really? No laying up. Yeah, because uh, I remember last year you guys invited me in but didn't want me to do a podcast with you. That's not true. No? We were supposed to do a podcast with you and Lizette, and Lizette didn't show up. But you could have done it with me. We could have, uh, but, but the LPGA bumped it trying to get oh, Lizette to come in. So I just thought you didn't like me enough. No, well, that was also true. But uh, <laughs> no. So who, who are, on that note, who are some of the, your best friends out on the LPGA tour? Well, the the no show girl Lizette Salas um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Jin Young Ko, who is currently number one in the world right now. So yeah, that's that's, good. that's some good company to be in. Yeah. What have you? What would you say you've learned in your few seasons on the LPGA tour so far? What are, What are some of the most valuable things that you look back at, and when you got on the scene, you were not, you did not know or understand? How distance control is so important. Really? Yeah. Um, I just whacked it, whatever, and, you know, try to stay with my short game. But here, every stroke counts, and you really need to have finesse in your game and have to be able to control the distance. The few yards really matter. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you on a golf course? <laughs> Chris I don't, is already I don't, I don't laughing. Understand. What is up with that question? Everyone asks me that. I'm like, what that's is a, embarrassing? That's, everyone's got a great, funny, you know, embarrassing story. You know what happens with embarrassment? We throw it in the trash bin. No. You, you remember that window browser? There's a trash bin. That happens. <laughs> Goes in there and we delete permanently. <laughs> Do we have to get to, go to Chris for this one? Well, or is it? no. Uh, last week at uh, Lake Merced, Golf Channel did uh, Caddy Knows Best with us. And the funny thing is, is we practiced 
for all these questions. Like we were talking about th- talking through all the questions, and we got two we did of them not right. Practice, okay. We, we we talked a couple about a couple of questions, but they asked me like, "What's her most embarrassing moment?" And I was like. I can't even think of one. Like nothing she's ever done on a golf course. Like we never tripped over anything. We've never like done anything screwy. So I was like, I don't know. And then we, I, 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 the only thing I could come up with was, and it's not even embarrassing. Was the, it ended up on ESPN top ten, which is oh, when yeah. I sent her in the water to hit the shot at the KPMG last year, and she hoops it. Um, and I was like, that's not even embarrassing. That's that was awesome. Epic. <laughs> yeah. <That's epic. laughs> yeah. So, we, 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 uh, yeah, we, neither one of us could come up with anything. No, like uh, during play, we, we don't, we haven't done anything embarrassing. Um, You're tempting fate right now by saying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, so many people on Twitter sent that video of you. You were what, like 100 yards out this year? You were like 100 yards out? Yeah, and, in Hawaii. And yeah. banked off the, but like, you know, everyone was like, oh, this is back. Like, that wasn't backstopping. You're 100 yards out. Like, you're not going to ask yeah, yeah. somebody to mark the ball. Well, the funny thing that about far. that. Backstopping. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So when per- when a person is like five m- yards away from the green and they choose not to mark it, that's not backstopping. When you, oh, so next thing, what's next? When I hit from the tee box on a par four and I hit a ball and it goes in the hole. That's what I'm saying. I think there's, a, there's a definite. Yeah, yeah. You know, delineation between being... We thought that our ball went over. That's what it looked like and until the third or fourth time you watch it. That, yeah. And, yeah, and, that's and, when the Conor McGregor walk came in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what has... You know, we talked about this in the course today, but as soon as backstopping was mentioned, and Chris, you've made the comments, like, you guys are the ones that were responsible for the uh, area Jutanagarn and Amy Olsen incident, which is not true, technically. We might have poured a little gasoline on the fire, but... Is, is there been a, has there been kind of a, is that a thing that's been talked about now out on the LPGA tour? Which we don't. We also were adamant that we don't necessarily pick on the LPGA tour in that regard. We're just as hard on the men, even if you don't believe it. What's uh, it, what's that? Is that conversation been existing? I guess out I there. I think on the it's. Tour? I think people now are more aware of it, but I don't think there's any more talk about it. Our job is done here. Then, if people are I aware th- about it, like what the difference between girls and guys is that girls freak out. You like, it's like. Once they get caught drunk driving, they will never get drunk driving again. No DUI will ever happen again. That's how scared. But with guys, they get a DUI. Next time, like, you know, I'll drink half a shot of vodka. Then I'll drive. So they still do it. And so for girls, us girls right now on tour, anything, like, oh, running 100 yards. I'm like, I'm going to mark it. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, I, I think our whole point is that you, you know when it's like, when it's, t- when you should go and do it versus like, even like 50 yards away is not necessarily like the likelihood is so small and it's not like you can play your shot any differently. But if you're right greenside and, and I think that, you know, the men are just as guilty as this of being super lazy of just letting balls sit there that probably shouldn't sit there. But we're moved on from that topic on our regard. How's your season going so far this year? Uh, it's been good. It's been uh, it's been good. Uh, it's been frustrating too. At the same time, I've uh, been in contention twice already, and I haven't been able to play well. And it's not because I felt the pressure, you know, in a while, and I feel good, but just haven't been able to perform. And you know, missing the cut last week really was tough. But I feel like my game is doing really well. I've been fixing my swing, adjusting from a draw to a baby fade. Why are you doing that? Just just distance control or a bit less miss like um with a hook you can become a like a snap hook it's a bigger miss mm-hmm. um and sometimes in contention you can't afford to make those mistakes it's truly a worldwide schedule f- for the lpga what's your favorite part of the schedule or what's your favorite 
place you've played thus far? I uh, always love going across the pond to and any uh, little island over there. Uh, but I love Singapore. The beginning swing is really, really my, one of my favorites. And uh, going to Japan. Is it just the hotter hotter it is, the more you like it? Since the hotter you hate, it is, the hate, better it is. You hate Minneapolis in, <laughs> in May. Well, back to talking about your game, and we were just talking about this before we came on, but you had a tweet from not very long ago where you said, you know that feeling when you're doing everything right and trying the hardest you've had in your life, and it gets worse and worse and worse, like worse than you tried before. That's what I'm feeling. Helpless, hopeless, whatever it is. <laughs> Do you regret tweeting that? <laughs> A little bit. You know, honestly, I never check my um, my Twitter. Like, I just write whatever I want, and I just leave it be. People who reply, I don't really look at it. Um, and I, I thought I was just whatever. I can write whatever because no one follows me, right? And then, uh, surprisingly, a lot more people follow my Twitter than I uh, imagined. Because, I like, on Instagram, I can just post whatever no one notices. And I think I only have, like... 2,000 followers, so I'll be like, okay, I can just do whatever I want. I'm, it's not like I'm to a point where I'm like Paige Spiranak, Sp- 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 is that how you say it? Yeah, there, I mean, like a million followers where people actually care, you know. But th- was there any reaction to when you posted that that tweet, or what was it about? Yeah, I got a lot of pat on the shoulder. Um, I was like, eh, I'm okay, just, you know, had to vent it out. I saw Jane Park responded. She oh, said she she's did? been feeling like that for the last year. <laughs> Probably since she played with us last year at Kia Classic. Huh? Should I be worried? <laughs> what is what is what is Jane Park like? Do you know her very well? I don't. I can't say I know her very well, but she's a very nice person, very funny. She's got she got some jokes for sure. So going back to Solheim Cup, you you sat out the morning session, and then you went out in the afternoon, and won six and five. You and Lizette. Yes. <laughs> Were you frustrated sitting in the morning session? Or was that kind of part of the plan as you were a rookie? And- uh, I was a little disappointed that Julie didn't put me out there, but probably Julie knew me better than me knowing me that I'm not a morning person. So putting me out. <laughs> Definitely not a morning person. <laughs> yes, as Chris knows. We know uh, too. <laughs> no, no. I, the reason we were late today was because of me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, surprisingly. No. Well, I know you guys flew in it. Yeah, it, yeah we got in at like 2 a.m. and I called him and he was like, ah, oh no. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Then you sat the next day in the morning too. So that was definitely a... Yeah, I, uh, I thought my distance would have been helpful to other players, but Julie, the way she set it up, she knew what she was doing. So I don't question yeah. my captain. Speaking specifically on the KPMG Women's PGA, you guys were saying some things about the little things, kind of the things that really make this event stand out versus other events. What are some of those kind of really weird little things that you, that uh, that mean mean a lot to the players? Do you want to start off? Ice cream in the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like the food and the way they the way the PGA of America treats everyone at the tournament is very noticeable and on a good level, as opposed to other majors and how they you know how those are handled i've always been super impressed by the way they they've done it like i said i've I've done two kpmgs this will be my third i've done some other majors and i think that they just do a really good job of understanding where to check all the boxes at and you know and they pick great golf courses obviously hazeltine has got a lot of history here but i just think they do a really good job all the way around with that Angel will probably tell you more about 
the inside stuff because I think golf, well, I think it's from the golf perspective. The golf is the golf. I mean, we could play it like a well, like a wonky golf course, but they happen to pick good ones. But I think she'll tell you that she likes all the amenities, like the te- <laughs> like the text messages, the text messages, the food. Yeah, I mean, just honestly, the little things, and um, it feels like a major when you're when you're at that event. Yeah. yeah. Who are some of the players? Um, I guess that you that you've played with or you see out on the tour regularly that you you look or admire as a particular skill they have, like the way somebody chips or the way somebody hits irons or the way somebody putts. Whose skills really stand out to you? Mm. I guess the question could go to either of you. Yeah, you want to answer while I think. <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I don't really pay attention to a lot of other people. What a um, great answer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I'm very partial of what Angel does. She's very disciplined. She does her drills. She works on that part. She doesn't, like, slack off. No, she's not a morning person, but that means that, you know, we just start a little bit later in the day, and she just gets it done. She, You know, we always do this circle drill with the putting, and she's very diligent on making sure that they're all good putts. Even if they miss, she kind of has this thing where she says, I just want it to be a yes putt versus like, so it felt good. Maybe it doesn't go in, but it, it felt like a good stroke. A lot of girls out here have like their caddies put out cones on the range. I just feel like for some reason she's way better at it than most of the other ones that I see. Um, I mean, if we have like a late round of golf on like say a Friday, we did this in uh, LA. We played late, right? We played late on Friday, and we, we were the only people on the range. It was like her and I and um, a coach, and instead of putting the cones out, I just went and stood out there and stood at 30 yards, and she can hit them to me like Pauly, Tesori, and VJ used to do. Like, And I can go to 40, she hits them to me. 50, she hits them to me. 60, 70, like that. And she knows where to put the golf club to hit it to me, and it's just like I just stand there, and I could catch them. So I think she does that well. I think there's all the girls – like. I don't know. Maybe I've been a little bit of a fan of Uni G's putting. I, I can't think of anybody else. I wouldn't say anybody hits it better than she does. Out of anybody on tour, nobody strikes it as good. As no, I mean, it's like it's a ball striking clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I'm working on it. <laughs> I don't think I'm that good, but yeah, I'll take it. Um, I would say that I would want to be... I sometimes tap into the mechanical side of my brain, which is not good. I'm more of a field player. But um, not when I panic, but when I'm under stress or whatever, I kind of tap into the mechanical brain. But I want to be able to be more like Shenshen, who uses more of her athlete side and feel it out, be able to feel her distances more accurately. Was there anybody when you first got on tour that, that, or even before that, that really took you under their wing or or looked out for you, kind of showed you the ropes? We had a pod, um, but I, I was friends with, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not was, I'm still friends with Mo Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Megan Kane was on the tour before and we played junior golf together. Whenever I had questions, I just text either one of them and they would just give me really good insights. But when I was a rookie, we still had pod systems where we would have a current LPGA player, a past LPGA player, a uh, LPGA staff member, and four more other girls in the same pod, and we would just look out for each other. And I think that was really helpful for us. Is that still going on? Do they still do that? Or? Well, no, they don't do that anymore. Did you go to high school, like for like like at a high school, or like were you I went tutored, to a proper, or were you? Yeah, I went okay. to a proper high school where 
eighty percent of the school is Asian. Okay. Yeah. And then you did, but you didn't play golf. Um, you just played individually. Yeah, I just couldn't. I just there were some reasons why I didn't play, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the coach wasn't very understanding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the uh, what is the LOL in your Instagram and your Twitter handles? Angel Yin LOL is your handle. Uh, yeah, I was never really into social media, and then my friend was like, "You're gonna make a social media," and those were like Instagram and like was the trendiest thing you can never do. And um, I was like, "Okay, I made this Angel Yin," and they said Angel Yin is taken. I was like, "Well, how dare they?" <laughs> so then I was like, "Well, why don't we just put LOL?" So it was just there for temporary. Whenever we check in back, check back in and see if Angel Yin is available we would have t- but it just stuck and i now everything i do is angel you know all right hobbies include reading traveling adventuring eating and hibernating yes hibernating let's start with hibernating let's start with hibernating we're going <laughs> yeah. backwards okay yeah. uh, chris chris knows this one how many hours do i sleep <laughs> well i mean if you want to talk about hibernating we can we can directly correlate it to the fact that you're not a morning person <laughs> and so as a result it's like Oh, she's just sleeping. <laughs> like I'll text her at eight o'clock at night, say, "Hey, what time you want to meet tomorrow?" Like for a practice round. The the only days I know when she's gonna be there at a time are the days we have uh, tea times. Mm-hmm. So it's like on a Monday or Tuesday, like, "Hey, Angel, what time you want to meet tomorrow?" It's like eight o'clock. I get no response, and then I get a response like at seven o'clock or eight o'clock the next morning. She's like, "Yeah, I was asleep." So, yeah, she just likes to take naps. Yeah. Um, my longest sleep was 17 hours. Um, Do you battle, like, crazy jet lag as someone who needs your sleep? And, and um, I don't have bad jet lag. I just sleep. Whenever it's dark, I sleep. Okay. I, I can't pull it all nighter. I think last year my f- I was in Shanghai with some friends, and it was New Year's. We pulled it all nighter. I was deeply regretted. <laughs> Never, ever doing that again. It was so hard for me. As far as traveling goes, I mean, it's it's almost like the LPGA, you play a combination of European tour, Asian tour, U.S., Canada. I mean, it's all over the place. Do a lot of the ladies travel together? Uh, yeah, we uh, we see each other every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, when we go overseas, we see each other too much. Yeah, because, I mean, you get a lot of, I mean, it's like a circus over, especially like in Asia, because... The Asia events are really cool because they move us around in bulk. Mm-hmm. But it's like every player and all the caddies are in one hotel, and it so kind of gets yeah. After like five weeks, you're kind of like bumping into the same people all the time, and you just kind of want a little bit of space. It's like marriage. You, I don't know. I don't know about marriage. I'm still single, <laughs> but I think in marriage. You are together for a while, but you need some time on your own. Oh yeah, that's what we recharge. don't get. Yeah. <laughs> so when we go to Asia, where uh, where's your favorite food? What is my favorite food? Well, well where like what stop? What stop? Yeah, oh, what stop Singapore, on? hands down, Singapore. Really? Yeah. Is it those those food courts in the like in the mall? I know they've got those. They got the awesome hawker halls in, yeah. in uh, Singapore. No, it's the uh, it's the chili crabs. Yeah. These like monster crabs. They're in like this big sauce. She took me to eat them this year. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I've had some. That's just hands. I've down. had some incredible food. The one, the one thing about working for, uh, the one great thing about working for Angel is that I get to eat like all over the places that I would never usually find. 
It's not that I wouldn't try it. I just wouldn't know to go there. And no, where do you get... No burgers and fries. What's yeah, your no, sources? Or what's, where do you food. get your intel on where to, on where to go? I got my sources. Do Don't eat? worry about it. <laughs> I scattered all over. So what's... Uh, you were trying to pick a, pick our brains for the latest gossip, but we're going to pick yours. What's the latest gossip on the LPGA Tour? What's the scoop? What do we need to know that people are uh, people are talking about? Uh, let me let me think a little bit. <laughs> Chris, you got anything you want to share? It's usually it's usually about which caddy got fired, which caddy quit, who's hiring who. There's not a lot of dating that goes on, so there's no like romantic relationship discussions, but or like if somebody the the some of the funniest things this kind of probably goes back to the way the rules work or whatever. It's like, did somebody get fined this week for slow play? Did somebody get a stroke for slow play? Which hasn't happened, I guess, in a while. But like that type of stuff is Uh, usually... Latest gossip. So your favorite player, Ann Van Dam, got DQ'd in Hawaii because she didn't show up to her uh, pro-am. Fast forward a week. It was the week of... Oh, it was last week, actually. This an, another girl didn't show up to her program and got DQ'd. So I don't know what's going on, but apparently these girls don't understand that if you don't show up, you get DQ'd. Wow. So I don't even call it rookie mistake. I think it's just plain dumb. <laughs> yeah. So do you get, like, like I know on the PGA Tour, you, you get one or two withdrawals from a program a year. Like, I know Jason Day uses those quite frequently. <laughs> Really? Do you get a withdrawal from a pro-am? Like, we get you... one exemption. Okay. But you have to use it. You can't just not show up. Yeah, you gotta you gotta let them know ahead of time. Yeah, you have to. Okay. Know. Yeah, we um yeah we go through alternates a lot too. How do you deal with slow play out there, and and how is the pace of play for the most part? So I know Brooks says that Brooks Kepcut says that he goes to the bathroom, comes out, and then they're on the clock and they play a pace. I don't do that, but I do walk very slow. And then once we're on the clock, then boom, I'm good. Because you were an exceptionally quick player when we played today. I, I mean, kind of I take it down a notch during the tournaments because um, I have to go through my routine. But I like to play fast then just to train my brain not to think and hit. You kind of stay out of your own way and just yeah, because I do that a lot. I overthink things um, when we play in a tournament. Chris, what we. We talked about how long you and Angel have worked together, but the high turnover rate that's on the LPGA Tour, what's that atmosphere like? I mean, are most kind of when, when player and caddies separate out there, is it pretty amicable, the splits for the most part? I mean, you guys are just going to see each other in a lot of places. What is what is that kind of vibe like out there with the high turnover rate? I think it's probably pretty amicable. Um, you don't see a lot of like crazy breakups, let's say. Um Jessica Corda firing somebody in the middle of a round and putting her boyfriend on the bag. That was right. a big one. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> in those types one. of situations, you never know what's really going on. I mean, a couple of years ago, it happened on the PGA Tour in Canada. The caddy got a standing ovation for it, but um, <laughs> he put the bag down and took the bib off and walked in. I mean, he wouldn't. He didn't get fired. He quit. Oh, I remember that. And so, awesome. yeah. who was that? <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was Allenby, and, and he had this caddy who was a great guy. He, he actually is like kind of from Atlanta, owns a bar in Atlanta, and Allenby allegedly was like speaking to him very poorly. And he's like, I'm not going to deal with this. And he just put the bag down and took the bib off and walked in. He got into the caddy shack, and 
all the guys that were in there stood up and gave him a round of applause. <laughs> um, but it was a situation where it's like, you know, he probably didn't deserve to, to be called what he was being called and, and all of that. And so, but I think I, on the LPGA, it's just, it's just, I feel like there's some players at certain parts of their career who think that the caddy is like the godsend or like this magic lucky coin and if they're not working then it's just like off on the next one and i'll just keep looking for i do have a gossip for you let's go i cannot say the name though okay there is a player out here that will fire a caddy after the first round if they do not work well together well how do you find one in time for the second round they 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 don't. don't they have one of their parents go on the bag. Oh, interesting. Yes. Now I'm ready to shut the mics off and find out who this is so we can, so we can keep an hard. eye on it. Because <laughs> apparently it's like their birthdays don't match or this and that. It was like, I was like. There's like a lot of superstition involved in this like arrangement. So oh, yeah. you have to be properly organized or born at the right time for it to work yeah. out. Is that how I would say it? Uh, probably a minute off is too much. Yeah. Would you rather it be decisive like that though? Like if it's not gonna work after one round, you're all right, cool, it's not gonna well, work. I mean, uh, well then that comes in professionalism. How professional yeah. is it too? I mean, yeah, you're gonna pay this guy for the whole week, but that's still not right. Are there any female caddies? Yeah. There are female caddies. Um, not much. We can probably There's name like three six. That I can think of off the top of my head. Four. Probably six. Yeah. Miss, I mean, Missy, who works for uh, Brittany Lindsay Combs, been on her bag for forever. Uh-huh. Kim Kaufman's Kim caddy. Kim Kaufman's Ar- caddy. Yeah, Audrey. Audrey. Um, There's a lady. Janet. Uh, J- yeah. Jan- Janet um, is a, a Chinese player. Her caddy was a player out here and is still like top 200 in money, I want to say career she's good yeah she was she was a good player I mean she played when they didn't have a lot of money on the tour not like you know not as they do now and so but yeah she was really good um Jackie Jackie there's a couple probably four or five more yeah um because back then you know you just more more guys but girls are getting you know stronger they're standing the ground they want to try things out and they just come out and caddy how long did it take you all to get comfortable or get feel like you were really clicking? I don't know. I mean, like, I guess at KPMG was the first week we worked together uh, was Meyer and we did OK. Not great. But, you know, we did we, we had made the cut and um, kind of got a feeling for our game and everything. And then we went to KPMG at Kemper Lakes and we got to where we could t- we were talking better with one another through shots or. You know, I would ask her to do things like, hey, just tell me where you're going to hit this. Just so you're hearing it out of your head, like I'm going to hit it at that on that line. And, um, you know, just what we do regularly has constantly progressed. But it's always and and it's really like a credit to her because she'll she'll come to me and say, hey, I want to add this in. Like, I want to put this next ingredient into the mix and and let's work on that. And so we've constantly progressed that way to try to do that. I think to answer your question, well, not to answer, just to, to add on, I think the difference between female and male is that, you know, we, it's, it's, a, it's harder for us to be able to, to talk to a caddy or tell them what's wrong. Um, it's not like that we feel lesser than them, but there's, there's that barrier where it's unexplainable that guys feel more comfortable talking to another guy about 
what they need to improve or tell them what's going on. But for girls, it's harder for us to have a sit-down talk have with a one-on-one with a caddy and tell them what to improve, what to do better. So then our, re- our solution is just to fire and hire next one. What, uh, what are your goals? What are your, what are your primary goals? Uh, Solheim. And then one tournament. It's simple, yeah. And the tournament will probably take care of Solheim <laughs> yeah. too, right? Hopefully it's a big one, so I don't have to worry anymore. Yeah. And then I can take a one-month vacation. Do you, uh, are you more of, do you like to go out and play? Or do you like to beat balls on the range? Uh, I like to go out and play. Um, I go through mood swings, so some some days beat some balls. Do you some play ball. a lot when you're home? Uh, when no, you're no, I uh, don't play golf at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it. Uh, we've taken up a lot of your time today, but thank you for coming out and playing with us today. We had a blast and uh, for sitting down and doing the podcast and best of luck with the uh, upcoming season. And we'll see you back here in about a month. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different?